Welcome to the Business as Mission podcast, dedicated to those who long to see God glorified in business and the nations reached for Christ. Your host is Mike Bayer, longtime BAM leader and founder of Third Path Initiative, an online education resource for starting and growing BAM businesses around the world. So welcome to another episode of the Business as Mission podcast. I am delighted with the guest that is joining us. Her name is Florina Darvell, and uh, she is from Romania. She started out as a missionary there. She's still a missionary, but she's also doing a very impactful business, and it opens doors for ministry all around. And I met her last week officially on the uh, Ban Global Summit conversation we had, and immediately said, I've got, got to get her story on the podcast. So I reached out, and she said yes. So I'm excited. Florina, welcome to the podcast. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my story. Absolutely. It is a, it's a great story, and I know that you give all the glory to God for what he's done. So let's, let's start with that. Tell us about, you know, kind of you became a missionary. Tell us the story and, and up to where we are now. And I'll jump in every now and then with questions or, or a couple of comments, but really it's a chance for you, like you did, you know, at the summit, to share your story. So please. Of course. I uh, I came to Jesus when I was 16 from an Orthodox family. Uh, I did not know about the Bible, about Jesus, about God. I didn't know much. Sometimes I was going to the Orthodox Church, but uh, I was not taught a lot of things. But I did know that there will be an end times. And... For some reason, the subject of end times was always very attractive uh, to me. And then I I heard that uh, in the Bible, you can read about the end times. So uh, I was invited to go to an evangelistic event uh, by a friend. At that evangelistic event, I heard that Jesus died for my sins. And at the age of 16... I was already living uh, a rebellious life for a year. I started when I was 15, and uh, I kind of had enough. Uh, so when I heard that Jesus died for my sins, I I really felt uh, that it's for me. I, I felt sinful, very sinful. And nobody spoke to me personally. But that evening at home, I just prayed, and I said, Lord Jesus, if you died for me, I want to stop smoking for you. I just turned 16. I was smoking. I couldn't quit smoking on my own uh, strength. And then when I prayed, in that very instant, the desire for smoking was gone. And not just the desire for smoking, but I could suddenly my inner eyes opened and I could see all the other sins in my life, the words, the behavior, the clothes, the desires, decisions, and all of that. And and the Holy Spirit has just uh, brought me to repentance, and I was just crying and repenting of all my sins. I know now that in that moment I was born again, but I didn't know then, <laughs> because nobody explained, you know, personally what when well, that happens. But then I went to church, to the Baptist church I went, and the pastor uh, gave me a Bible. 
And I said, wow, a Bible, because in the Orthodox Church, we are told that only the priests can read and interpret the Bible. Uh, the other people can't. So when I was given a Bible, I was very surprised that this pastor gives me a Bible. And I thought, wow, do I have to give it back to you? I said to him, and he said, no, but, but you have to read it. And this word really stayed with me. And as I said in the beginning, I was really curious to read about the end times. But when I started reading the Bible, I didn't care about the end times anymore. It was just fascinating. I started with the Old Testament and I just fell in love with God the Father, God the Creator. I just, I could just sense His love in every single page that I read and everything was for me. There was no question, no doubt. Everything was personal and I understood that the Bible is written for us to get to know God and for God to show his love. And uh, one of the very personal things that the Lord revealed, uh, it was from the Bible, it was a verse uh, that said that he is the defender of the widows and the father of orphans. My father died when I was 10. And people around uh, me, uh, neighbors, used to call me an orphan. I wasn't really an orphan because my mother was alive then. She was a very good mother providing. But just because my father was dead, I, uh, they used to call me an orphan. And uh, my mother was a widow with no dependent. So suddenly I find God calling himself the defender of the widows and the father of orphans. And that sense of reunited family, it just filled my heart. And that was God for me. It wasn't just somebody in heaven doing some things, answering some prayers. No, for me, it was my personal father, my father, my mother's defender, my my family. Right. then reading the Bible, you know, I just developed uh, a close relationship with the Lord, with God the Father, just walking in faith, believing His Word, and a deep desire to just obey every single word that He says. I just want to obey with no question. If He mm-hmm. says it, it's enough. I just want to obey. And soon after that, when I was 18, one evening when I was reading the Bible, I felt that the Lord is speaking to me that one day I will be working with orphan children. The Lord has put this desire in my heart to work with orphan children. And uh, I thought that evening I was 18 uh, and uh, I thought it will happen like very soon, like right there and then, Lord, or soon after that, you know. But uh, no, it didn't happen that year or the year after or the year after (laughs) and it was four years later when I actually began to think oh maybe I misunderstood that God called me to work with orphan children you know maybe it was just my desire or I I I don't think so because there were some some doors uh towards um opening towards working with orphan children, but none of them stayed open. And every time I wanted to pursue it, it seemed that the the door is shut. (laughs) And um, 
yeah, I thought, no, 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 maybe, maybe I was wrong. So I was more involved in the church, doing children's ministry, mission. I had a job, I had a flat. And it seemed that everything is just uh, in place and uh, everything is just going on a straight line, you know, having everything like a young person would want. I was 21, nearly 22. When the Lord made such a way that I met a missionary who was working in the south of Romania and he was looking for people to come and join him in the south of Romania to work with orphan children. And when I heard that, I said, wow, I said, I, I, I have a calling to work with orphan children. And he said, well, come and join me. And I said, and he said to me, but you will have no sponsorship. This was one of the first thing he said to me. And I said, that's all right. I'm not afraid to live by faith. You know, if God calls me, that's enough for me. I can leave my job. I can leave everything behind and just follow him in faith. A few months later, I left my job. I left everything behind and just moved in the south of Romania uh, with no sponsorship. There was no sponsorship for two years. <laughs> so during these two years, we have experienced a lot of uh, prayer, prayers answered, <laughs> a lot of yeah. miracles, how the Lord, uh, you know, provided not only for me, before the orphan children, we were working yeah. with the orphan children. I was also doing a children's ministry, like evangelisting ministry for the children in the area. And uh, so we were just growing and doing ministry like that. And then soon the Lord called us to move from one village. We moved to a city and then to another town. Uh, I've done child orphan ministry for four years. Soon after that, I moved to another uh, town and uh, with new challenges, with new miracles, <laughs> different contexts, the same God, new miracles, a lot of miracles. You know how the Lord was providing for us, even a coat or things like that, food and water and money for this, money for that. And when I was doing this evangelistic ministry, I, 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 I grew more aware of a lot of drama that was happening in the children's families. Because I, right. I was doing the children ministry, and there was one boy that was always on time at the program, always knew all his memory verses, always wanted to learn more about God. And he really drew my attention. So one one day, uh, uh, one summer, we were organizing a camp for children. So I went to visit him at home to ask permission from the parents to let him come to the camp. And that's when I discovered that this boy actually didn't have a family. Oh. He was living somewhere, wherever people would allow him to live, to sleep at night. He would have no proper clothes or ways to go to school, you know, he didn't have all of that. And, and it just suddenly hit me that his mother was local, but she was living with a man because she had no way to provide. She had another daughter, but the man didn't accept this boy. 
So he had yeah. no one, nobody accepted him. And he just had to leave wherever he could find somebody to accept him for that day. And then it suddenly hit me, the drama. And then doing more and more visits, I I, I grew um, uh, this this knowledge, you know, that so many women suffer just because they don't have ways to provide for the family. Uh, we were, by then, uh, we were having uh, teams coming, visiting, um, different sponsorship. We were giving parcels of food to people or groceries. But uh, one one time I went to visit uh, this family and um, I, at that time I didn't have a, a a bag of groceries with me, but I was visiting just to share the gospel, just to show support, to pray. And this mother, when I said, I told her that God loves her, uh, she was, you know, um, with tears in her eyes and emotion in her voice, crying, saying, if God loves me, why don't I have food for my children? Well, uh, again, it hit me, you know, the, the sadness uh, and the, the desperation that people are living in. And I, you don't see it on the street because especially in Romania, most women would like to he, he hide that. They wouldn't like to show. Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to, to show a different situation like, no, I am doing all I can. My children uh, have to have food, have to have uh, clothes and all of that. But uh, inside their heart, inside their home, the diff- the story is so different. So the Lord, with all these situations and many others, just put more and more on my heart that I, I have to do something for them, not just give them a bag of food, because giving them just a bag of food, you turn them into beggars. They will always depend on you. They have no dignity. And the Lord doesn't want that. I I wouldn't like to depend on somebody to give me a bag of food. I would like the opportunity to provide that food for myself. And that's dignity. That's what the Lord wants from human beings to work and uh, provide the daily bread for the families. And uh, it's just put on my heart. And then I was thinking, what can I do? So, because uh, one of my hobbies was knitting and crocheting, I thought, well, if I teach them how to knit and crochet, these ladies, maybe they can uh, make some things, you know, knit something, sell them, make money and provide for the family. And that's how everything started, because I I started teaching them knitting and crocheting, but then had no skills to sell and who to sell, because everybody was poor everybody needed money who to sell it to and when you do it by hand it's more expensive than the one you buy in the shop and all of that so i i thought well okay what will i do now this doesn't work then i thought well maybe i should quit but the lord was just putting on my heart to to no try and sell so i started selling online the products that they were making um, sometimes sold, sometimes didn't, but every time they did make a product, they expected a payment. So sometimes I was just trying to come up with money to pay for the product that they are making because it was only fair 
they were working, uh, they uh, they didn't have an interest in learning so much. They needed the bread on the table. So that's that's how things started, and and from that I realized well. Knitting and crocheting doesn't sell so well. What shall we do? So keep learning new products until uh, one day this lady came to me to ask for work, and um, I said, "I'm sorry, I don't have." And for me saying those words, "I don't have work to give to you," it was very, very hard. I didn't want to say those words. I wanted to say, yes, I have work for you, but I didn't. But then I said, okay, wait a minute. So I came up with an idea. I gave her something to work. The next day she was back and I had to pay for that work. I didn't expect yeah. that she would be back so quickly. And I thought, okay, what will I do with these things now? <laughs> I will end up buying all these things. What will I do with them? I don't know how to sell. I don't know where to sell. <laughs> but I had to learn, you know, every single time I felt that the Lord is pushing me beyond my limits, beyond my comfort zone, beyond what I wanted to do, beyond what I planned to do. I had no plans to open a business. I had no plans to sell. I had no plans to do all this. But I felt like the Lord keeps pushing me, keeps pushing me. And uh, every time I was discouraged and wanted to quit, I felt that the Lord is giving me another motivation and another Bible verse, you know, to move on, move on and don't get discouraged. And then uh, we started with sewing, making clothes. I had to learn sewing uh, just like you learn Chinese from zero. I had, I had no idea at all anything. I think Chinese might be easier. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had I had no idea at all uh, about clothes, clothes making, none at all, but just for the sake of women and new, trying new things to sell. Um, I started learning that. And then uh, there was this lady, she came to the workshop for three months. She was learning um, alongside me because she didn't know much. I didn't know at all. So I was just looking at tutorials and reading books and just cutting uh, uh, garments, old garments or and fabrics, trying, you know, to, to make clothes. And three months later, I said to my husband, I said, you know what? She's been coming for three months every single day. And I said, I know there is no work, but this is not fair. I said, if we are to move on with this, and if we believe that the Lord is calling us to do this, then we have to employ her legally. Otherwise, I will have to tell her not to come anymore. But she was coming every day. And when people come every day, they expect a payment. Uh-huh. It wasn't their business that I had no idea what I was doing. They expected a payment. And, and the Lord, I felt that the Lord tells us, and my husband felt the same, that the Lord is calling us to employ her in faith. So we, uh-huh. so we made the first employment when we had no work, when we had no money and no idea what we were doing. But just because we believed, this is what the Lord wants us to do to help these women. 
So we employed and we paid uh, the salary from our own family money. And at that time, it, it so it happened that our family money was not much. It was very little, but we made him, we went in faith, but God is faithful. It was only that month that we had to pay from our family money. Starting the following month, the Lord started to provide in different ways. So for a good time, we lived only on donations. I employed another woman a year later, and we lived a lot on donations because we were still learning. So I was receiving donations and I was paying salaries. I was creating two jobs, you know, and I was paying salaries and um, the tax contributions from donations. But this is how the Lord wanted us to to start this business. Now when people start the business, sometimes they borrow money from the bank or from uh, friends. We didn't have to. The Lord provided donations, you know, for us to to start this business. And then um, pandemic came. We were not doing very well. We were uh, having sales. There are a lot of stories how the Lord provided. A lot, a lot of stories, you know, how the Lord provided. And and one uh, one time I said, Lord, you know, I have this amount of money. I either pay the tax or I pay the workers. What shall I do? And the whole sum, you know, I had uh, down to the last very <laughs> uh, penny, I paid the workers and I had no idea how I will pay the tax. Uh, but the Lord just a few days later brought us a big order <laughs> um, that uh, lasted a few months. <laughs> so, you know, and so many stories like that. So we kept growing, we kept moving on, you know, learning and looking for new opportunities. And then when the pandemic came, I thought that that would be the end. <laughs> you know, we didn't have a lot of sales. and But uh, then in, in the pandemic, we were making masks, the, the cotton masks. And we were right. making so many that it actually boosted our business so much <laughs> that we had to employ more people. <laughs> we didn't expect that. We thought we would go under, but we employed more people. We'll be right back after a short break. If your business or ministry would like to sponsor the Business as Mission podcast, simply email info at thirdpathinitiative.com and we'll set up a conversation about your needs and goals. Just as I'm listening to you, Florina, it's just it's, it's a beautiful story. It reminds me very much of the, uh, the story of George Mueller in Bristol, England. And you, I, you may or may not be familiar with that story, but he, was a, he, he ran an orphanage that, that was provided for strictly by prayer, and God did miraculous things. One, one morning... They, did, they needed milk, and he prayed, Lord, we need milk. And a uh, dairy cart out in front of the orphanage broke down, and I mean, literally right in front of the orphanage, and they had to get rid of the milk because it would spoil. And so there's milk, right, for the orphans. And so you, 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 you get this beautiful picture, kind of going back to the beginning of your story about when you understand the heart of God for widows and orphans, 
you know, and then you, that heart is in you. And then you see these miracles, and they are miracles. You see these miracle, miraculous answers to prayer, and whether it's in the form of a milk cart breaking down or a massive order uh, or the, the demand for masks during the pandemic, I mean, you, you look at it, you see the hand of God in all of it. And to me, it's just a, it, it, two things stand out. You know, one is just the, a beautiful glimpse of the heart of God, and the other is the way he's led you and your husband by faith, because you know you didn't know what you were doing, but that didn't stop you from doing it, and he met you in that. And that, to me, is you know again you see the the heart of God, the faithfulness of God, and in some ways almost the the humor of yeah. God. Right. You know, to to take somebody who doesn't know how to sew, and next thing you know, you're learning to sew, so you're starting a business to sell the the, the products of other women. I mean, I, I just, it makes me smile all over and I just, I, I, I love it. So let, let me ask you this. Tell us a little bit about how people can, can actually buy your product. I'm, I'm on your website and it is, it's, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It's Melissa's, the name Melissa with an S on it for our English speakers, .ro. And so please check it out. It's a beautiful site and you'll get the idea when you think of you know, sort of crafts and sewing. You, you you might not think of the kind of product that that they have. It this is beautiful stuff. I mean, dresses for children, jackets for children, dresses for adults. I mean, you know, it's just it's a beautiful website, Melissa's.ro. So check it out. But t- tell us about how people can become more involved in this, and and either you know, so I know you're still doing some support because you never stopped being a missionary as you became a business person. Uh, you know, you, you're living a blended life, an integrated life, which is what a lot of us talk about often. So you're doing it. How can people get involved in what God is doing in and through you there in Southern Romania? Yes. Um, as you said, I have not stopped being a missionary. I am uh, doing this business as a mission. For me, this is actually mission <laughs> yeah. uh, in the form of business. Uh, and the business is very important. After we started this b- business, I I told myself and I realized and I thought, wow, I believe that all missionaries should have a form of business because it really opens um, doors in a different way uh, to the hearts of people because they feel uh, that you care for their well-being, not only spiritually. And in our context, People are often uh, looking at us and thinking, oh, they are here only to change our religion, um, yeah. you know. And then they suddenly see that now, actually one of the employees, when I employed her, she told me this, I don't want to change my religion. And I said, that's fine. I don't want you to change your religion either, <laughs> you know. Um, and I just want them to know, and they know, uh, I just want them to know that they are loved. And I want them to see that I work according to God's principles. And it is in in a business, you have opportunity that you don't have anywhere else to make your own rules. This is my business and this is how we do it. And the way we do it, it is according God's will. So they right. uh, they have to abide by the rules, you know. <laughs> so... Uh, before they know it, you see how just by abiding to start with, 
in a way obliged, it then it becomes like more part of them and they actually like it. And this is not about enforcing a religion on anyone. It's not. This is about speaking with respect, treating uh, workers with dignity, uh, you know, not shouting at one another, not cursing, not putting one another down, not uh, discouraging one another, not despising one another and when there are women when women work together all these things can happen you know being yes. envious or jealous or shouting um all these things you know and and other things how when uh, they see uh, uh, how i pray for them sometimes they have a problem and i pray for them and the lord answers or when i hear that they go through certain situations i offer to help and this means so much for them you know well, and it's not about religion it is about a way of life living your life to worship god in everything uh, we do so that is my mission field eight hours a day sometimes more sometimes less yeah. but that is my mission field and yeah. uh, on beside uh, and before I say this, I also want to say, just imagine in what other situation do you have the opportunity to be at least eight hours a day with people, with non-believers? Mm-hmm. And now it, it is in a business and I, I make a point of working with them, of being being there, you know, even if I'm not always eight hours a day, sometimes I'm two hours, sometimes I'm four, six, depends, my work is different. But I am there, you know, so this is such an opportunity to have a business and be among them and they see you working because in our culture, especially uh, in our situation that we moved from the center of the country to the south of the country, people quickly noticed that we are missionaries. We have no job because we didn't have a job. We are just preaching. And we have Americans supporting us. And they think, oh, well, what are they doing? They work for Americans. Americans give them money. They take pictures. They preach uh, their religion. And that's that's their view. So actually seeing me working, it actually helps a lot with my testimony. Look, I am not just that I am working with you. I am providing jobs for you. You know, I want you to grow. And uh, and often I was put in the situation of, you know, what do you choose, an employee or the prophet? Ah. I always chose employee and cut the prophet. If, if we have to keep somebody employed and have no profit, I would rather keep somebody employed and have no profit. I know business is about profit and we need it because otherwise we can't stay in business but sometimes uh, and especially when you do business as mission it's not only about profit it's first and foremost it's about god's glory god has a plan and a purpose in everything uh, it's not only about profit so it's also learning this you know how to trust in god and how to do business for god's glory but on on the other side, I still do evangelistic ministry with children in communities. I still do women's Bible study in other uh, church planting uh, locations. And um, probably 
a rule, a very, very hard thing it was that the local church that I helped planted, there was no Christian church when we moved here. And the local church that I helped planted, it grew really well. It has a new leadership. But then they said that my work is not mission, that the business that I do, it's not mission. So that was really hard. And they didn't just say that, they actually pushed me into a corner to choose between mission and business. They wanted me to close it down, not thinking one second of those people not having a job. And, you know, I said to them, okay, but if these people don't work or the people in your church, if they don't work, why do you ask them to pay tithing? You know, how are they going to tithe? How are they going to church? How are they providing? They, you know, nothing mattered to them. It just said, no, this is not mission. This is not mission. This is not mission. You're not doing ministry. And they wanted me to, to close it down. And so I had to make a very big decision led by the Lord after praying and fasting. And in the end, I had to withdraw my membership from the church and go back to my home church in order to be able to continue, you know, providing these jobs for the women. You know, that, and you shared that at the summit, and, and this is more, more detail this time. And it, it breaks my heart that people could be so blind to what real ministry looks like. I mean, it, that's what you're doing. So thank you for sharing that. And I know there are many people around the world ha- who have faced a similar attitude in the church, not everywhere, but some places, and, where and, and being forced, right? It make, your, make up your mind. And I know you well enough to know that you, you waited until the Lord told you what to do. You didn't just make a, a, a snap decision. Uh, that was a big, big decision, but I'm, I'm really blessed to know that you did it. And and the other thing that it, to me connects, I go back to the story you told at the very beginning about the woman that you were sharing the gospel with, and she said, how can God love me if I can't feed my children, if I can't have a job to provide for my children? And that connection that, that I wish everybody could see, that connection between you know meeting that, dig, that, that heart need for a job, the dignity that comes with it, and food and provision and the gospel. I mean, it just, it, this is, to me, it's it's as clear it's as clear as the day is. But a lot of people still struggle to see it. And I love that story. I, I had one similarly uh, when I was working in Kyrgyzstan in the early days. And same thing. It's like you know, you tell me Jesus loves me, but you know, nine out of ten believers are unemployed with no hope of a job and, and living at starvation levels. And, so same thing. It's it, it's you know we we use the phrase the whole gospel for the whole person, and what what you're doing, Farina, is just this. It's a beautiful beautiful picture. I hope that you will write a book. I really do. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe you're thinking and, about it. Maybe. Yeah, more people said that, uh, especially that there are an awful lot more stories to tell, and um, um, yes, but I don't know. Uh, about uh, the book, but oh, I wanted to share some. Yes, and another interesting thing it was maybe in the same line that even some sponsors, you know, when I told them, look, can I use your sponsorship to provide work for other people? They actually withdrew their sponsorship. They were very happy to give for food, to buy food for the poor, 
but they were not happy to give, to provide somebody with the dignity to buy their own food. They don't need no, to bad. depend on me. I don't, the Lord doesn't want us to create dependence on us, you know, from people just so I look good because I help you. No, I don't want to look good. And even, you know, even the story, the ladies in the workshop, I never wanted them to know that this is business as mission. Right. It's an artificial term. Yeah. This is my calling for them is a job and it has to be a job with dignity that gives them a sense of security. I didn't want them to feel, oh, wow, look, we don't have orders this month. I never told them, never. That was my calling. The Lord called me, didn't call them. They were employed. The Lord called me and it was between me and the Lord what we do. It is his business and the way he leads his business, it's his business. I didn't want the women to ever feel the struggle that, and I never said, look, this month we didn't have sales. I can't pay you this much. No, never said that. And by God's grace, I will never say that. You know, I will always pay. Uh, with dignity and the Lord will always provide. When the Lord says no more, then we stop it. It's no more. <laughs> but I will, right. I don't want to the women to feel that there is, uh, you know, that connection with we live on donations or things like that. No, this is a job. Uh, with, and that was just my side of story. And that my side of story, I only say it in different contexts like this one but right. never to them you know they don't know no. that all that they know is that this is a workshop and i am employed here and i work here this is a business i work here you know yeah and i love i love the way you said that for i think about if they knew some of the stuff behind the scenes they might feel guilty and they're not, it's not their fault that, I mean, God is meeting you, God is leading you, and God is providing for you. And that's, that's your walk. Their walk is to come to know Jesus and, and work his way. I mean, right, but we so often want to put this burden on people that can't carry it. Wow. Uh, so, you know, God's given you broad shoulders and obviously a, a partner in your husband to do it together. And uh, it's, it's a, I'm going to say it again. I think you should write a book, (laughs) (laughs) but I know you're busy as well. So we're going to, I want to get you back. We're going to, we're going to stop here, but I want to get you back because we want to hear more stories and, and more things that God is teaching you, uh, that you're learning and that you're seeing because as, as I was talking with somebody the other day and we all agreed and, and we, we even said it at the, at the summit. Your story, like like Dan's from Holland, the story that were both so encouraging that, you know, you guys, you, you stepped out, not necessarily knowing what you're doing. You just followed the Lord into it. He met you every step of the way. And and I, 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 want, I want people to know that you don't have to have it all figured out to do this, right? You just do what's in front of you. You, you do what he gives you to do today. And, and who knows where it will lead, but here's a group of women uh, who are, they have jobs. As you said, they have jobs. They're earning money. And be, with that money, they're providing for their family and and providing for, you know, in some cases, maybe for the local church. But they are, they're, it's just, a, it, that's as it should be. This this yeah. is the way God designed the the world, you know, that you, you work, you earn, 
you know, that's healthy. It's good. It's it's holy. And uh, this story just to me just just proves that so much. So I'm going to remind folks the the website is Melissa's Melissa with an S on it dot R O. Uh, go there and check it out. It is in Romanian. Uh, I don't know if there's an English version yet. I think there um, is. Yeah, okay. but I think there is. If you look at the button, I think it should be. I know we have it in French, if I'm not wrong, because we stand in France as well. So our product, we we are now uh, looking at working only with premium fabric. So we've chosen a small niche that is premium, and we work on order a lot. Like people look on the internet and they say, oh, and they send us pictures and they say, okay, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. So we work a lot with the customer. Okay, what do you like? How do you like it? So people can order what we already have, but also people can place their own desire and say, this is what I would like. And I'm looking at the site now. Up in the upper right-hand corner, are, is a is a language button, and and you can choose Romanian, English, German, and French. Yeah, beautiful. And it's and and again, listeners, go and check it out. This is not charity. This is a good product uh, being made by, by by people who really need the work, but also are good people. So you'll see it when you go there. If you need to see it in English, you can do it, or German, or whatever language you want. Up there's four right now, and Maybe more coming, I don't know. But this is a beautiful thing to see happening. Florina, thank you so much for being with us and promise that you will come back and tell us more. I would love to, yes. I I love talking about uh, what the Lord does in the south of Romania through this ministry in my life, you know. And I, I really like to take this opportunity, if you would permit me to, actually invite people to come and visit us. Uh, we are open, open to that. Uh, we often have teams coming, not so much since COVID started. Before COVID, we had more. So people can come and actually see the ministry. We, we do need uh, help with the, with the sales. So I, I don't know if any of the any of the listeners would ever, you know, if the Lord touches anyone's heart and they like oh i would like to help this business so we need uh, we need some help in the sales um, area because we ha- do have sales we have grown organically and we do have sales but not enough to give to generate the right profit that a business needs so we just yeah. generate enough to go from one month to the other which is not the ideal we need Right. The profit as well. So we can, uh, our vision is to invest profit into education. So we want to um, do education like homeschooling. You know, there are children who cannot yeah. do very well in school and we want to support different kind of projects with the profit generated. So yes, we have plans with the business, you know, to reinvest in people. So if any of the listeners feel that they can help, uh, in any way with an advice maybe you know somebody else that can and with a recommendation for anything you know we are praying we are expecting things only from the Lord but we just put the word out there and the Lord does his work <laughs> yes so I'm looking at again at the website there's an email button on it is that the best way to 
contact you or is there a better email that you, you'd like to give out to people to come visit to learn more about the business itself? Uh, they can use that email as well that is on the website. My personal yeah, email is my name, Florina Darvel, D-A-R-V-E-L-L, at yahoo.com or at gmail.com. The same, Florina Darvel at yahoo or at gmail. But that's my personal and, yeah, very... All of this will be in the show notes so people can contact you. I would love to hear about some folks coming and seeing the work that you're doing. And by the way, for those of you who have not been to Romania, it is a beautiful country. And uh, I've been there several times. I love, love visiting and wonderful people. So it won't be a hard trip. Uh, go. And it's uh, and you'll be glad you did. So, Florina, again, thanks so much. We will talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. We invite you to become part of the story by supporting the BAM podcast at patreon.com slash BAM stories. There's a link in the notes with this episode. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or triventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen. If you'd like to help with expenses and expansion of the Business as Mission podcast, you can become a donor through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash BAM stories. This podcast is brought to you by generous donors and sponsors. You can become one by going to patreon.com slash BAM stories.